Oh, crap. Everyone was way too on time this year. I said it last time and I'll say it again. I do not want to be on the business end of him coming through the line. They're not the biggest team. They're not the most talented team. But by golly. Let go! Let go! Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us however you are doing so. It is the penultimate edition, which means one thing. Is we're leading into the championships and the Football Fridays in Georgia All-Stars join us. So it is a jam-packed show. We are officially in a no-dilly, no-dally zone. John here, Hannah there. Wow. Wow. This season went by so fast. I blinked. Blinked. And the girls are almost one. The season's almost over. Truly record timing with how fast the season has gone, John. Mm-hmm. But coming up on today's show, we're also under the clock because we have a lot going on. We're going to re- recap our Football Fridays in Georgia semifinal doubleheader, preview all of the GHSA championship games with our All-Stars, mm-hmm. update you on what's to come in flag football. So let's get right to some biggest takeaways from the semis. We have Mill Creek and Sly County that will be playing in their first ever state championship games this week. Six teams are back from last season and Warner Robins mm-hmm. making their sixth appearance third school to do it unreal uh you i mean just you, you look at region five we'll get into the region five discussion mm-hmm. with todd holcomb and ghsf daily and triple a fitzgerald and thompson you know we talked to uh, a couple of folks about that it was uh, mary alex andrews from wswg tv down in south georgia we got her skinny on region one double a and they're going up against the thompson team bowden and sly caught up with jack patterson at rbl in columbus about sly county and bowden and uh, Gainesville and Hughes, Phil Jones from ITG Next down in South Georgia. They've done some really special things with the Gainesville program this year. We've seen Langston Hughes a lot. Yes. So we know all about them. Carrollton and Mill Creek. Once again, we've seen them a lot this season. And uh, catch up with uh, the voice of Football Fridays, Matt Stewart, and catch up with Marvin James when we're talking about Ware County and Warner Robins. We have to have the alum on the show. And so six folks in a hurry to break everything <laughs> yeah. down this week. We also talked to Matt about our first ever doubleheader mm-hmm. semifinal coverage. So let's take a look back at that, John. It was at Lakewood Stadium. Our 5 o'clock game was the 7A semifinal game between Mill Creek and Milton. And the Hawks scored touchdowns on its first five possessions. Mm. Things got out of hand. Running clock in the fourth. Final score, 48-14. to 14. Heading for the champs for the first time in 19 seasons. Three words, Dom and Nunt. Yes. And, and that was <laughs> and that was the theme of the night on Football Fridays, really. I mean, it, Mill Creek nationally ranked. Mm-hmm. And a lot of folks who hadn't had the chance to see Mill Creek on, on television, whether it was with us or anybody else across the board, got to see the kind of talent that Mill Creek has in 7A to kick things off last Friday night. Then our late game was the 6A semifinal matchup between Rome and Langston Hughes. Hughes was solid on both sides of the ball. Quarterback Aaron Nolan was 21 of 24, passing for 242 yards and three touchdowns. There was also three intercepted passes, one returned returned for a touchdown, a ton of sacks. I mean, what can't Hughes do? That's the question. And remember, this one was 14-3 in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. Halftime adjustments by Coach Boone, uh, by Coach Boone Williams and that Hughes staff just stifled Rome in the third and fourth quarter, and you end up winning by 39 by the time we're done. 
We had the GHSA Championship Media Days on Sunday to talk Very to all early in the of morning. the winning coaches. Yeah. Things started at like 7.30 a.m. for <laughs> yeah, us. They I, did. Walking with my coffee, there's already a line of coaches. I'm like, oh, crap. Everyone was <laughs> way too on time this year. <laughs> so I talked to Coach Boone, and he said he's so tired of hearing about Buford. We sat down in the chair, and he goes, you going to ask me about Buford? And I said, well, Coach, we're going to start things off with Buford because it's the elephant in the room. And he said, all right, I'll, I'll do one. So I asked him one question about Buford, and he said it really did shape his season. Let's listen to hear what he had to say. Uh, it motivated them a lot because they knew what it took to get here, not the loss so much. It, they knew what it was going to take to go to get back to win this game uh, this time. Um, they used we we rarely talk about it it's never it never comes up because this is a new team and like i told them when we first started the past is the past this is a new team create your own legacy so that's what we're on the on the quest to do this year so then i said coach Buford's out, so we don't have to talk about him anymore. <laughs> but, you know, of course, if you don't know what I'm talking about, they lost to Buford in the final seconds last year in the state title game. So they are hungry, hungry for this for this championship game. And that's going to be the, the 6A game is going to be the primetime game on Friday night. The other team that they're going to be facing, the Red Elephants of Gainesville. Gainesville comes back to the last game of the year. First-year head coach Josh Niblett coming over from the state of Alabama. We mentioned we're catching up with Phil Jones to – discuss ITG Next coverage, and here's what it's like for Josh Niblett to be a part of the Gainesville environment. Well, it's just been awesome. I mean, our, our community, you know, our, our leadership we have at the school, um, you know, our school, our, our students, um, just being able to kind of get the energy back to that level that we feel like it needs to be at. I mean, last week, you know, we go on the road and I mean, it's, it was unbelievable, the crowd that we took. And it'll be this crowd that we'll bring, you know, this week will be unbelievable too. But it's just been neat to watch our community and then everybody be excited about what's going on. And he has put out the siren song on social media for everyone in Gainesville and Hall County to make their way down to Center Park. I anticipate that in those blue seats there's going to be a lot of red as Gainesville takes on Hughes primetime on Friday night. So clearly we have the 6A matchup circled. I also want to take us down to single A Division Two. One of my favorite interviews was Sly County head coach Darren Alford. He was so excited for just to be here, to be in this atmosphere. I mean, he's just so genuine about it all. So I want to play a piece from his interview about what this means to the community. We're so excited. Um, our community is just up in arms. They're trying to do everything for us right now. And um, it's just been really, really fun. Um, the kids are just, it was watching them on Friday night when we won the game and them chanting, we're going to Atlanta, we're going to Atlanta. It was just, it was just so much fun. You know, we're just thankful to be here and have the opportunity to do this. You know, we have a community of just great people. You know, everybody knows everybody, you know, and you, you have 380 kids in your school. You know, everybody knows the teachers, the families, the, you know, everybody's just there. So everybody has been texting, emailing, um, just telling me, you know, how excited they are. And everybody's going to be on the way up here, you know, it's, and they're, they're excited. We're really excited. We're going to Atlanta. <laughs> We're going to Atlanta. So I graduated with 380 people yeah. in my senior class. Yeah. So, well, here's school. Uh, school started in 2000, mm -hmm. or the football team started in 2000. And initially, for those that may not know the history, it was Tri County High School was 
Sly County, Miriam County, Webster County. They were all thrown together into one high school just because of the sheer numbers, and Coach Alford mentioned that. Sly County broke away, and at the time that they started football, they were the smallest school in single A to start a football program. And we followed them in the year 2000 for a piece that we did here at GPB at the time, and I'm trying to find that piece just so we can have a piece of it to air. But to see them go from that to this mm-hmm. has been really cool in 22 seasons, 23 seasons. Yeah, and he said that there's there's not even a restaurant in our town, so everyone's calling me. You guys, these interviews were s- what? No, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember the town square in Ellaville and see. I'm trying to remember if there is. He gave me there. such a weird look there. No, it's because I was. He thinking. said there's a little pizza restaurant. Yeah, that okay. And there's nothing else. And the, there's yeah, and I don't know if you. There's if a you gas can, station. Yeah, there's that, and then there's the IGA that's around the count around the corner. But I was trying to think, and it was the pizza restaurant. The that, pizza restaurant. Yeah, I don't know the name of it. So you can watch all of these interviews. Follow us on social media at GBB Sports to get all of the interviews. Okay, it's time to get to our all-stars. And first up will be Todd Holcomb of the GHSF Daily. He's going to give us the the, the big picture on, on what's coming up this week. Todd, one of my favorite storylines when it comes to the championships is first-timers. You have communities that are so ecstatic to take in the sights and the sounds for the first time. And that's going to be Sly County fans and Mill Creek fans. What do you think about those two programs making it to the state finals for the first time? Well, it's not real surprising that they're in there. Uh, maybe it's surprising that it's taken them so long. I yes. think both of them are about 20 years old. Yeah. Sly County was our number one team in preseason and was the number one of, uh, of the polls as well. Um, then they lost the game or two early and dropped them back, but they're really good and could, could easily win it. I think people might have saw it coming. And then Mill Creek, man, they've been knocking on the door for a good while. Always been a good team, you know, a good program. And and now they're rolling. I think they've won four straight playoff games with a running clock. So it's going to be hard to slow them down. It's great for, for those communities. One big school in Atlanta and one little school out in West Georgia. All right. So then let me go to the other side of things and talk about those that have, haven't been around in a while. Gainesville hasn't been around in a while. Thompson hasn't been around in a while. You know, we always think of like Bruce Miller, Luther Welsh, those kinds of guys. What's it like to see some of the old names come back in and be a part of the last game of the year? Yeah, that's a good point. You know, uh, Bowden, you know, they won it in 92. They had, you know, you mentioned uh, Dwight well, Hoxton, yeah. our 300-game winner, you know, and uh, they're back in business first final since 2001. And, uh, yeah, some really good coaches like that. Um, what was the other one you mentioned? Oh, Luther Welch with uh, with Thompson. You know, they won back-to-back in, I think, 2002 and three, And But they've – They've uh they never stopped being good, but it's just uh you know and they got in it as they were not ranked by us in preseason. Yeah, so they weren't ranked by us either. Yeah, yeah, and not because they weren't they were good last year, but they lost a lot of people. But uh, we underestimated, I think, uh, some of their players, especially that uh, that little running back who's oh yeah, John Tavis. Yeah, yeah, scoring five, five touchdowns a game now. Nine thousand yards in a game that he traditionally gets. Yes. What are some of the biggest storylines that you'll be following during the championships this week? I would say that uh, you got Warner Robins trying to win for a third straight year, you know, and I sort of wrote them off as winning it, you know, which is kind of surprising for a team that's not, that's, you know, been to you know, five straight finals. But they started, what, one in four, you know, and they're playing Ware County, a team that's never won, but mm-hmm. has so traditionally been good, you know. So that's a great storyline there. Whoever wins is going to be, you know, pretty remarkable. Um, so that would probably be my most interesting. I think the other one that's really interesting to me is uh, Carrollton, 
uh, moving into the highest class for the first time and, and could win it. I just didn't see that coming. I knew they were going to be pretty good, but just never thought they'd be 14-0. And same with Gainesville, another team that um, we hired a new coach, thought it might take a year or two, but did not. They're undefeated with Coach Niblett and uh, a win from the first state title in, what, 10 years? We mentioned Sly, but what about the lower classifications, the single A's? What were your takeaways through the playoffs? Well, I think, uh, you know, the best teams got through. I think the most entertaining finals might be Class A because Mm -hmm. – just in terms of just fun, because um, you know, let me see, and you've got Bowden, Sly, and, and, and Swainsboro, and PAC, a, yeah, yeah, and they haven't, and the, Bowden, Sly have not won it in a long time. Sly's never won it, and then they've got just great offensive players. You know, their quarterback, Kanozawa, K- yeah, Jake Kanozawa, and they've got him for another year too. <laughs> yeah, and uh, they have a receiver who had twenty two hundred twenty four yards receiving last week, and then great pair. I mean, Bowden has two. Um, 1,000-yard rushers, you know, McNeil and Harbison. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And then the other one, the Division One, you've got Prince Avenue Christian, who has thrown for 4,000 yards, I think, three straight seasons. Yeah, Philo's yeah, back-to-back, yeah. <laughs> wow. And then Swainsboro did not complete a pass last week. And they're undefeated. So what a great contrast in styles there. Well, Todd, as always, it's great to have you a part of the Football Fridays in Georgia All-Stars. We will catch up with you next week to see if what we talked about this week happened and we'll do it again this time next week thanks for hanging out sure thanks for having me on guys joining us now is mary alex anders sports reporter at wswg south georgia television and since you are covering south georgia we have a few teams we want to talk to you about uh-huh. uh we're gonna get things started off with colquitt county they lost to Carrollton in moultrie on friday a heartbreaker for the packers but sean calhoun in his first season as head coach went 13 and one outstanding season for them in my opinion what are your takeaways of their season in that semifinal loss Oh, gosh. I mean, this Coffin County Packer team, you really can't say enough about them. I mean, I just had such a pleasure covering them this season, and i got to give a lot of praise to Coach Calhoun. I mean, not only is he an extremely great coach, an extremely smart coach, he's just overall a great person. I mean, I don't think you can meet Coach Calhoun and, and not walk away with many good things to say about him. I mean, he has just brought so much love into that team, and that's what really brought them so far with him in his first season is they are a very tight-knit, close team. I mean, you can feel the energy off of them when you're with them, uh, when you're covering them during the game. Even when they were down, I mean, you can just tell that they all of them care about each other so much. But, I mean, talent-wise, the Packer team is completely stacked. I mean, they were – they're unreal on both sides of the ball. I mean, they have – Two UGA commits on offense, Nykar, a wide receiver who's a senior, and then only a sophomore, Landon Thomas, who's at tight end. And then you have Charlie Pace, who led the team in rushing yards. Um, and then on defense, you have players like Nick Pace and Jack Luttrell and Lyric Thomas, who were playmakers throughout the entire season. So that team is just overall extremely talented in every um, position in every aspect of the game. And they ran into a buzzsaw in a freshman quarterback in Juju Lewis and a, and a running back in Bryce Hicks. I know that you were there on the sidelines there in the hog pen. You got the chance to see one of the young, talented quarterbacks in the state of Georgia. What were your takeaways on that Carrollton side as they went up and, and snatched a victory down there in Colquitt County? I mean, this game was going to come down to execution because both Colquitt and Carrollton were like, they kind of they're they're mirrors of each other. Um, 
statistically, they are very, very close in every single statistic where one um, leads, the other one is not too far behind. So, um, but watching Carrollton, they, one thing I noticed about them and their quarterback, Forrest Freshman, he knows how to just sit back and take control and just ride out the game. You know, I mean, for him to be so young and have so much control and be such a leader on that team, I mean, you can just tell that his team looks to him um, and they trust him as their quarterback. And so, but he played a phenomenal game. And for him to be so young, he has a cannon. He does. <laughs> he has a cannon of an arm. I mean, I just was talking to 15. people on the He's sidelines. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to people on the sidelines. I was like, that is a child, but you would never know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a literal like, child. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I mean, he is, it, he just looks like an Alabama quarterback, if we're going to be honest. I mean, just what I've like what you see in Tua, um, he kind of reminded me of Tua um, when Tua took over in the um, what was it, the SEC championship game when he went in for Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. right. and came back and won Fourth the game. Fourth and twenty-six. Yeah, that is what he reminds me of. I don't know. I, I really can't tell you why. I guess it's just the way that he plays the game, how calm he is when he plays, and um, it's just easy to trust him as a quarterback. I mean, he threw for two hundred and forty-eight yards that game against a Cockwood. Against Cockwood's defense, yeah, who is unreal. I mean, everybody talked about Cockwood's offense all season, but their defense didn't get enough praise. I mean, Cockwood's defense is really good, but Carrollton's was great too. But they came and they made the plays, and um, Cockwood obviously just made more errors that game. We also want to talk to you about Fitzgerald and Double A. They'll be playing Thompson, who's back in the championships for the first time in a while. What is your takeaways on the Fitzgerald season and then that matchup in the finals? Oh, gosh, Fitzgerald. They are just such a powerhouse of a rushing offense. Um, that is what they've stuck to. Coach Pruitt is a phenomenal coach. I mean, they won the state championship last year. Um, very, very likely to go back to back state champions. Um, and but they have rushed for over 3,000 total yards this season. But Thompson, too, is a predominantly rushing team with over 3,600 rushing yards this season. Um, they're 13 and one, they've only lost a game. Fitzgerald's undefeated. I mean, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a really good matchup, but both defenses are going to have to come out and stop that rushing game on both sides of the ball because once you let that Fitzgerald offense take off, it's, it's really, really hard to stop them. So then, really quick, before you go, I've got a question for you. What folks may not know is that you are a coach's daughter. And I am. <laughs> your, your dad, has, you know, he's been a head coach here in the state. He's been in the college game in South Georgia in Division II. He's an assistant right now in the, the state of Georgia. What are these coaches going through as we're getting ready for championships? What are playoff runs like in coach households? Oh, gosh. <laughs> well, what the, what are they like? They're very quiet because they're not home. <laughs> they're at, they're in the office. <laughs> That's all that they do. I mean, at least with my dad growing up, um, I always saw him as my dad, you know. But but once I've gotten older, I've realized how much he put into coaching and how much he cares about his job. And a lot of that, he spent multiple hours in the office, especially in college, very very late hours of the night. Um, but preparing in the playoffs, I mean. These are teams, a lot of the times you haven't faced a lot, so you have to really buckle down and figure out where they, um, 
where their strength where their strengths are and where their weaknesses are. But it's very quiet in most households because they're not home. I <laughs> love that. Yeah, you want to think about kids. that. Yeah, they're with their other kids. But um, and then when they do get home, at least for my dad, he fell asleep watching football in the recliner. So <laughs> <laughs> it never ends. Too much of him during the playoffs. But um, yeah, I mean. It's great being a coach's kid. I mean, it's a crazy, crazy life, but it's it's something that if you know, you know. <laughs> Most kids who are coaches' kids don't really understand it, but it's a great time. And, yeah, so very quiet during the playoff season for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for that perspective, and thanks for joining us on the podcast today. You had some really great things and some insight into South Georgia football. So, So we really appreciate your time today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you all so much for having me. Next up is WRBL-TV Columbus Sports Director Jack Patterson covering West Georgia. And Jack, great to have you on again as always, first of all. Appreciate you guys having me back on. Love hearing your voice. Oh, yeah. So Sly's back in it for the, well, Sly's in it for the first time ever after beating Johnson County 35-6 to in the semis. Take me through that game. I mean, I, I'm going to be honest. I think a lot of people were surprised by how big the margin of victory was. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a, a surprise to me because Fly County's defense has been underrated all season long. And especially after that slow start they had in the year, you know, losing to Early County. And, you know, they had that slow start. A lot of people wrote them off because they were the preseason number ones. And a lot of people keep saying, like, you know, maybe they're not as good as we think they are. But – this team has been getting constantly better throughout the year. And, you know, I told you guys the last time I was on about Jalua Solomon and Jay Kanazawa, and that dynamic duo was on full display against Johnson County. Uh, I think uh, they connected two or three times for touchdowns. So that team, so, so well uh, coached by Coach Darren Alford and his guys, and then so much talent all around the ball, whether you're talking about Kanazawa or Solomon or you're talking about their great running back Malachi Banks or you're talking about Zayden Walker, who's, once again, he is an absolute problem on both sides of the ball. He plays DN just like his brother Zykevius, Zykevius, who played at Auburn, and then he plays running back as well. And I said it last time and I'll say it again, I do not want to be on the business end of him coming through the line. <laughs> What's it been like for you to, to keep an eye on the, the, the lower classifications this year? What other matchups are, are in the Jack Patterson spot shadow as we come into this weekend? Well, the classica- the lower classifications are always good around here, Nelly. And, I mean, you know that. Uh, you know, whether it's, you know, a few years back when you had Marion County on their run or, you know, in recent times where you've had Fly County and Chatco and Manchester – all putting out great teams year after year. We've always had to keep an eye on the one-day classification in, in our area just because there's always been good talent. You know, obviously it cycles from team to team. But, you know, it's, the surprise isn't that Slot County is here. The surprise is how long it took them to get here. Yep. Because they've had great teams in the past and just weren't able to make it this far. But it's good to see that they finally are able to make the trip to Atlanta and play for it all. In head coach Darren Alford's words, it's just a dot on the map, Sly County is. And what have you seen and heard from the community just surrounding their state championship birth? Well, I will say this, Hannah, is my 
welcome to Ellaville every time, and I post it on Twitter nearly mm-hmm. every time I go there. It's the Dollar General gas station. Yep. I've never seen one anywhere else, but it is a Dollar General branded gas station next to a Dollar General. That is my welcome to Ellaville every single time I go to Fly County. I love it. But honestly, everybody's excited. You know, it's something. You know, when you talk Fly County athletics, the talk is always around the baseball team. Yep. The baseball team's really Chuck good. Chuck Cheek and what they've done with baseball, absolutely. Exactly. So the baseball team is fantastic. To see it with football is a different kind of, you know, excitement. And everybody's hyped up down there. I'll be heading down there later this week, and I cannot wait to see what it's going to be like at uh, Center Park Stadium on Thursday. So when you look at the, the rest of the weekend – from your perspective, what other games are you sitting there and looking forward to, to seeing here as we come to the, the last regular season games of this season? Uh, I'm going to be honest, Nelly. My eyes is on that 4A title game, Cedartown and Benedictine. Uh, Benedictine knocked off one of our teams, Troop County, and you know did it in pretty convincing fashion, putting up 35 in the first half. And, you know, I've, been, I've talked to you all year about how good that Troop County team is and to see them, you know, you know, see BC go out and go get off to a huge start like that, and really just kind of put them away, and kind of put them away from there. It's real. It was really surprising to me. I, you know, that squad is really good and will be good for years to come. But to see BC do that, and then I got to see Cedartown in close up close to personal last year when they faced off with Carver in the Final Four, and I saw them in quite honestly. If it wasn't for that Carver team, I really think we would have had this matchup last year in, um, in the state championship game. But to see it this year, I think that's going to be one of the best games of the weekend. And we will be keeping an eye. Please uh, be safe and enjoy the Dollar General and the Dollar General <laughs> gas station down there in Ellaville. It is the uh, the first family of uh, Sly County Athletics, the Tundies. We know that they are all wrapped up in everything Sly County Athletics. Enjoy your time down there. Thanks for all your coverage this season. We'll catch up with you next week, my friend. We'll see you at Center Park. We'll see you at Center Park, guys. Can't wait. Next up, WMAZ sports anchor Marvin James covering Central Georgia. And Marvin, well, as I, 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 always, yeah. it's good to hear from you. There you go! <laughs> John! There you go! I was going to try to get through this one without doing it. Oh, that's so not going to happen. Well. It's like, it, literally, it's like, now, for folks that have to watch the highlights, I mean, legitimately, they have to go to the website and see you and Frank and Ben and everybody do the highlights on a football Friday night. You guys night. are so awesome, by the way. And... and uh, you know, Mr. Collinsworth getting the absolute shout-outs every single week. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, and it's like, show me what you got. And, yeah, he gets the treatment everywhere he goes. So, oh, yeah. see, that, that, but, that's, but that's part of the fabric of Football Fridays, and that's why we love to have you on because you're a local guy. You grew up Warner Robins. You grew up, you grew up in Demon Colors. You know what it means, and we have to have you as our link to Central Georgia. There's going to be uh, more of that during the championships, isn't there, John? Oh, I think so. Oh, 100%. Absol- absolutely. Absolutely. If, look, if I'm doing highlights and they happen to be about Warner Robins, you know how I'm starting those highlights. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it's absolutely. All right. Well, let's talk some football. No, no, no. No, no. no or still not talking football. No, because, okay. no. When you're, when you're discussing things with Marvin, you have to sit there and say, let go. Now you can start talking about okay. it. Okay. Now, Hannah. Thank you. Please discuss. <laughs> Thank you, John. Anytime. For permission. Yes. So now we only have like three minutes left with Marvin. (laughs) Okay, here we go.
So Warner Robbins, that, that's all I'm going to say. You know what? After all this, I'm just going to say Warner Robbins. Marvin, okay, Warner Marvin, Robbins. Marvin, Warner Robbins. I, I tell you, um, you know, the state of Georgia is definitely familiar with uh, the town of Warner Robbins just from the football that it's produced in the 70s and the 80s with the national teams and the, uh, and the state championship teams from 76, the mythical national championship in 81, mm-hmm. eight. Then Northside came along and said, "Hey, we're going to win a couple of national—I mean, a couple of state championships in '06 and '07." And then again, Warner Robins has come around, and they have the streak going now. And it's unbelievable that the streak is even, you know, debatably as impressive as it was before. So um, the town is just buzzing. There, everybody's just really excited right now. It's generations, it's, it's kids and grandkids now, even playing from those earlier teams in the '70s and '80s. So. It's just a great time for uh, football here in the international city. For those that haven't had the chance to follow the Warner Robins season in full, I mean, Marquise Westbrook in the offseason lost coaches to to Houston County. He's trying to figure Mm -hmm. out who his starting quarterback was going to be. Very, very tough Mm -hmm. non-region schedule. And the number to the right of the dash was pretty big for the folks in Warner Robins to get used to with a non-region schedule that he had scheduled to this point. Absolutely. It was uh, one in four. Um, they started off one and four, and so the only lone win they got was against Crosstown rival Northside. So that was a good thing for um, Coach uh, Westbrook for him to not have his hot seat, even though he had one, mm-hmm. you know, two prior uh, state championships. But really, we know the climate of high school football and just football in general, right? I mean, the coaches' jobs are never safe, but um, obviously he was safer in this point. But it was just one and four. It was not something happy to be around. Um, high school football here, and then they just turned things around. Obviously, they're 10-4 now, so they've been on a nine-game winning streak. Um, they placed second in the region, which they also did last year, second place in the region to Ware County. So um, it worked out for them then. Yeah, things are clicking now. Defense is definitely working. They held Cartersville to just 29 yards rushing and led on the other side of the ball in total yards, 402 yards to their 270 yards. So outstanding game to win their 14th consecutive playoff game and sixth straight final appearance. That's third in school history, joining Buford and Elka to reach the six straight finals. What's the record? Do you know what the record is? 110 billion. No. And I'm fairly certain I, I, that it's Buford, right? I, know, I was about to say, anytime that you're in a conversation with Buford, it's got to be, be right. You're doing good things. The yeah. University of Buford, I like to call it. Well, I'm, I am getting to a question. So my, my question is, how does a how how does a team like that maintain this type of excellence and be able to drown out all the noise? I mean, going for three straight is so hard to do. And, and you know, I give credit to that coaching staff, and I, I give it especially to Coach uh, Marquise Westbrook because these kids haven't been around since the '70s and '80s. Of course, you hear about that stuff, but they can't relate to that. Yeah. Um, and also, just just from the you know, and I got to give credit to Coach Mike Chastain who started that all um, when he brought the team back. I think it was in 2015. I guess it was 16. My mind might be off, but when they started that streak of going to the state finals, they went against Rome. They um, you know pretty much got. The Buds kicked in that state championship, but they went 14 and um, and won that year. And then the next year, they lost to um, Bainbridge and then Buford. But um, they have to get those lickings to keep on ticking, if you will. And those guys just believe. They know when they go, out, when they go in that locker room, you see the state championships, you see the titles, you see the articles, you see the, the trophy, the hardware, uh, and the proof is in the pudding. I, don't think, I think they just don't want to be that class that didn't get it done. Yeah. So, 
just continue to keep on pushing. And uh, like I said, they just have a great support from the community. And um, it's been the annual tradition for the past half dozen <laughs> years. The Warner Robins Demons in the state finals. Um, I even have my parking space picked out. And nice. I have a, my place on the sideline. So we're just excited to be able to continue this um, tradition. Yeah, spoken is, spoken is like a, a true alumnus. Yeah, is there a Marvin <laughs> James plaque on the sidelines? Like, he stands here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no one else I can stand here. <laughs> this is my spot on the Warner Robins sideline. I'm an alum. I'm calling it. This is my space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, Marvin, as always, it's great to catch up with you, my friend. We will see you at Center Park for that particular game, and we always follow along here up here in Atlanta. Thanks for being a part of the Football Fridays and Georgia All-Stars. We'll catch up with you next week to get a bow on the season. No, thank you. And Hannah, I'm praying for you. Um, this is this happy time of the year, so just kind of, you know, grin and bear it, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Right. I need it. Last but not least, voice of GPB Sports Football Fridays in Georgia and co-host of Recruiting 2022, that's Matt Stewart. Welcome to the show, Matt. We had our first ever double header coverage of semifinals last Friday. What were your biggest takeaways from all of the action, Matt? Wow. Well, Mill Creek and Langston Hughes are formidable opponents. Yes, they are. Going into the uh, finals this week, that I took away from it. From just our coverage, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed the opportunity to, to call two semifinals, you know, from 7A and 6A. That was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, so from that standpoint, a selfish standpoint, I had fun. You know, Mill Creek looks awesome as they're going into their first finals ever. Langston Hughes looks awesome, awesome. Mm-hmm. Going <laughs> awesome into the squared. Like straight year. Uh, but I think Carrollton and Mill Creek are going to be really good in Gainesville. And Langston Hughes are going to be really good. But they sure look powerful in their semifinal victories, no doubt about it. All right, so pulling back the curtain a little bit, how many games are you calling for GPB this weekend? I got five. On Thursday, I have the uh, single-A Division One game, Prince Avenue and Swainsboro. And then on Friday, I have the four and the six-A games. And then on Saturday, the five and the seven-A games. Okay, so what is study hall like for you on a week like this? Because with five games in a very short period of time, it's a lot of Zoom calls. It's a lot of mm-hmm. it's a lot of court board. I mean, what is what is study hall like for Matt Stewart on a week like this? Well, as in any week, the Zoom calls are the most important thing that we do. That's kind of our our lifeblood, our bread and butter, where we spend an hour with the coaches and kind of go through the entire team, go through the season, and just get a lot of invaluable information from the coaches. Their insights their feelings, their opinions about things and what they tell us about the players. And then, you know, Wayne and I or or Rusty and I, depending upon, you know, which game we're doing, we do our best to try to convey that. That message the coach conveyed to us, we try to reconvey it to our viewers. Uh, So that's the biggest thing. Also spent a lot of time uh, on on recruiting. I want to know where these players, you know, to the best of our ability are going, where they're rated. I think that's of great interest to viewers, especially, you know, viewers who don't have a dog in the fight, who don't have a particular team playing for the state championship. They're just watching because they love high school football. They love football in general. They love college football. They want to know where these guys are going. So that's a big, that's a big piece of, of the part of the, of the puzzle too. So, uh, you know, obviously, 
you're doing five games in one week instead of just one. So you got to edit. You got to you got to figure out what's most important to you. Concentrate on those things in order to get ready for the game. But the Zoom calls, the the hour we spend with a coach is the most important thing. And the coaches tell you all about their players, too, and that's where we get a lot of information that you don't necessarily know. The public knows about certain players. But, Matt, tell us uh, what what you see for the championship and the the top players to, to watch, even if you're not a fan of the team. Who do we need to be watching? Well, Caleb Downs, you know, he's at the top of the list. Yeah, right, Caleb Downs from Mill Creek. You know, our our GPB All-State team is going to come out this week, and, and with that, We'll be naming our Mr. Georgia football, which is the top player, the offensive player of the year, the defensive player of the year. And my guess is Caleb Downs is going to win one of those awards. Yeah, I'm thinking. Uh, maybe so, both. And he's, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe multiple. I mean, he's just in a phenomenal talent. As I've said on the air, you know, he is in that category with like an Eric Berry uh, and all, you know, and some of the other great players that I have seen in my career that are just a cut above everybody else. I mean, he is an, he is a college-ready player. But the beautiful thing about a Caleb Downs, when you talk to Josh Lovelady, the Mill Creek coach, is he is totally focused on being a high school player, finishing this off, winning the state championship. He's not looking ahead to his career at Alabama. And, you know, he's the number one player to watch Vic Burley at Warner Robins, trying to lead them to a third consecutive state championship as Warner Robins takes on Ware County in the 5A final. Phenomenally, Demons are in their sixth straight state final. And, and John, you had a little nugget for us during the semifinal coverage on Friday. There's just a handful of teams that have ever been able to accomplish six consecutive state finals. So you got him. And then, and then you got the, the Langston Hughes tidal wave of talent. (laughs) That's a way to describe it, man. Bo Hewley. Terrence Love, C.J. Larkhart, Aaron Nolan, they're just amazing. And, and you just saw how what they've done to really good teams, what they did to a Rome team that was 12-1 and one mm-hmm. and playing in the semifinals for the first time since 2018 and how badly they beat those guys. And then Cedar Grove, too, at the 3A level. I won't be calling that game, but they're stacked up with talent, too. Two guys that will be, that'll be in the top ten prospects that you'll be able to see in the finals this week you know Kay and Lee cornerback committed to Ohio State Adonijah Green edge rusher who's committed to Louisville and uh, we'll be putting out I'll be putting out a blog it'll come out on Thursday it'll list all the top prospects to watch Uh, you know the top senior prospects also the top underclassmen prospects I know somebody will get bent out of shape because everybody always feels like I leave somebody off but you got to stop somewhere so but this will be as comprehensive as I can give you going into the finals uh, as far as just kind of a – you can sit there and have it out there on your phone. <laughs> oh, this this game's coming up. This is the guy we want to watch. It's Matt so. Stewart writing the Iliad and the Odyssey of recruiting in 2022. <laughs> exactly. so, all right, so let me see. Uh, Hawk and Brian from, from Benedictine. Philo, yeah. Philo from Prince Avenue. You mentioned Warner Robins. Uh, Ware County's got some great offensive talent too. Juju Lewis and Bryce Hicks from Carrollton. 
Uh, yep. Going up against Mill Creek. See, I'm going off of my checklist to see if that, that's uh, there with it. And you mentioned basically half the entire roster of Hughes. Uh, Jay Kanazawa from Sly County with the matchup we saw there. Uh, Fitzgerald with their talent. Thompson with their speed and John Tavis. Sandy Creek and Cedar Grove. Uh, you, you're gonna, you're, you're not going to be able to stop typing until you're on the air, dude. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I, 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 I put it together. I just got to get it in a more palatable <laughs> form for people to – to look at, but you know, you, you you forgot to mention when you talk about Benedictine and, and uh, obviously, yeah, Croman Hawk, who's committed to Florida State, a junior quarterback, he'll be one of the top underclassmen. But Zaquan Bryant, who is his target, uh, plays corner, plays wide receiver for Benedictine, he committed to Minnesota. He's going to mm. be one of the top ten seniors playing in the finals this weekend. So, Matt, we will be there with you the entire time, and it's going to be great. Thanks for hanging out with us and bringing us home here on the Football Fridays All-Stars. We'll catch up same time next week to put a bow on the season. How about that? And we got signing day coming up, too. We got signing day coming up, too, and the transfer portal opened up today. Oh, and guys boy. Guys are jumping in. The tr- guys who started their championship game. We got Matt game. started all over again. <laughs> guys who started their conference championship game. The Clemson quarterback. Yeah, DJU. He's in the portal. jumping into the portal today, isn't it? It, it? It's just crazy. I mean, literally, he started the it's game. It's Christmas early for and Matt. Today, it is. He's in the transfer portal. It is. It, 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 or reportedly will be. It's the holiday season for Matt Stewart, and by that we mean the transfer portal. So. Santa, Santa came today. Santa came today yeah, for, with DJU and Matt. <laughs> Matt, we'll catch up with you at Center Park, my friend. Look forward to it. So great to hear from we all, made it. all of our GPD All-Stars. We survived. Wow. Last podcast before championships. I know. And we got one more of the All-Stars next mm-hmm. week, and then it is uh, then it is recruiting. Mm-hmm. It's signing day just before Christmas. But, yeah, this is— I think the, Matt's a little excited. I think so. Just a, just a tiny bit. So here's what's coming up this week. We have all of the GHSA state championships kicking off on Thursday. We'll start things off with girls flag football, followed by boys single A division one and two. That will be five o'clock and eight o'clock p.m. Then mm-hmm. the evens will play Friday. Two A starting things off at noon, followed by four A at three thirty and six A at seven o'clock p.m. Then the odds turn on Saturday, three A at twelve, five A three thirty, and the grand finale of them all, seven A kicks us off at seven o'clock p.m. and you and I probably will not have voices left by then. Oh no, no, this is where you take care of your voice. This is where oh, you Oh the hot tea, excuse yes, me. Absolutely. I'm not a tea person. Doesn't matter. This time okay, of year John. you do things to sacrifice to make sure that you make it through the weekend. And then you talk to no one on Sunday. So I'll be in studio. Yes you will. And you will be there. Yes with I will Matt and Wayne and that everybody else. And everybody else. Calling the games. Yep. So Hopefully, uh, you guys have some good weather. Yes, but and uh, from what I've seen, it's supposed to be pretty decent. Uh, temperature might be a little, a little wonky, but yeah. I think there was like a twenty percent chance of rain one of the nights. But honestly, before we go, there's going to be a lot of folks in a credit roll that you'll see at the end of of championship weekend, and it is digital, it is radio, it is television, it is web, it is app, it is stats, social media. it is social media, it is everybody. And there are like nine gazillion people behind the scenes that make this work every single year here at GPB. And we could not do it without them. And they're the folks that you'll see in a credit roll, but they get as they should get as much credit as the rest of us that you see on a weekly basis here at Football Fridays and GPB Sports. They do tremendous work every single week that we start August 1st and we end in the middle of December. 
and it's a great group of folks full that we work ahead. here. Yeah, and it's full speed ahead, but it's a great group of folks, and it's like trying to catch a comet by the tail when it comes to high school football, and they do it here really well. Well, speaking of credit, why don't you uh, give everyone a shout-out behind the glass and wrap this thing up, John? Yeah, because you have to edit, and that's why. Because yeah. I have to edit the video version of this dang thing, so yeah. Let's, yeah. let's go. Yeah, so let's go. Let's go. I got it out of you. There we go. <laughs> There's your salute to Marvin. So let's see. It's King James, it's Commander Sandy, it's Ambassador Jeremy, Jake the Snake. For everybody here at GPB, I'm just John. For Hannah, as she tries to do her Marvin James impression, we're going to turn her microphone off now. Play it safe, everybody. Enjoy the championships. All 11 in three days here at GPB. We'll talk to you again next week.